thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Amen. Ready to see another miracle, everybody? Living by faith. I believe God's going to do it. Thank you, Paul. That was a great little mid-moment from Paul. Let's give it up for Paul Barker. So great. Yeah. feel like that's a new tradition, Paul. To the right, to the right. Anyway, I don't know that song, but if it has cuss words in it, sorry for quoting it. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, it's good to see all of you. Uh, we're beginning a new journey today, uh, and, and we're calling it Building Radiant. And here's the vision. Uh, First of all, we saw God work supernaturally a couple years ago when in October of 21, um, we just said, hey, we know that God uh, has called us uh, to make a difference in Kansas City, and we know that we need a permanent space, so it's, a, it's an issue of need. So the goal is not the building. The goal is what the, the vision that God's called us to, but we need a building to facilitate what he's called us to do. And so that's the vehicle that we were started to believe God for. So uh, we just said, let's go on a 24-month journey and asked everybody to sacrificially pray, serve, and give. And you guys uh, pledged in 21 uh, to give $869,000, which seemed miraculous until uh, 24 months was completed and you did not give $869,000. You gave $1.1 million. And, um, and so, yeah, let's give God a shout out for that. And so we were dreaming, God, maybe would you provide a 25,000 square foot or a 30,000 square foot building or maybe, maybe a 50,000 square foot building, but the Lord provided an 85,000 square foot. Let's give God a shout out for that. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so it's beautiful. It's this, it's this uh, miracle journey. I mean, it really is that we're on together and we're all just thanking God for that. Um, And so today we want to begin this next phase which is uh, believing God for the, 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 the funds, the resources needed in order to renovate it, in order to, to make it home. So uh, right now, it is an incredible uh, six gymnasiums. And if we were starting a basketball league, it would be incredible. Uh, but everybody, we're called to, uh, to, to do church together, everybody. And so um, anyway, we're gonna begin that journey. And so if you wanna go ahead and pull out this magazine that you've got right here, let's walk through it together real quick. Uh, if this is your first time to Radiant, we don't always uh, show buildings and pull out magazines together, but we are today. So welcome to your first day. Uh, this is the journey that we're on. Um, so we're going to call this season, um, we're going to call it Building Radiant. And for me, this came out of the idea that Jesus says in Matthew 16, uh, when he's dialoguing with the disciples when they come to Caesarea Philippi, and he says, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they say, well, some say you're like John the Baptist. Others say you're like Elijah, one of the prophets. And he says, but who do you say that I am? And they say, you're Christ. You're the Son of the living God. And then he says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Peter, for this is not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you're Peter. And on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to overcome it. And I love that phrase, I will build my church. Say build. And so uh, what we know is, is it's, it's, it's actually Jesus building his church. So his capital C church, he's building it globally. He's building it uh, nationally. He's building it locally. Um, and so it's not 
just us, but it does include us. And God's called us as Radiant Church to be a part of his church, what he's doing in the world, what he's doing in Kansas City. And so, uh, so we've called this, this next 24 months, it's a spiritual season. So more than just a financial giving, it's a season. It's a season of faith. It's a season of believing God. It's a season where we're saying, okay, God, we've seen miracles. And, and so the reason why uh, I asked the worship team to lead that song, Goodness of God, today is because that was, for me, that was the anthem in the season of believing God for a building. And, and then God provided supernaturally. So I'm still living in the aftermath of thanking God for the building. And I just want to invite us to go into this new season of believing God. Will you build this church and Lord God provide? You've done it. In fact, that was, uh, we showed the prayer of uh, the church that sent Renata out that I, I worked at for 14 years. And when they sent us in Color Springs to plant here, that was the prayer of the senior pastor on the day that they sent us out. And it was kind of funny because he prayed over us and it almost felt like he, he thought we were crazy because he, he was like, he said, he said, and God, as they leave here, with, with nothing and go to a place that you've called them. And then he said to the congregation, he was like, and, and they're, they're great leaders, but we don't know. I mean, you could just feel like the, oh dear Lord, help them, God. And, uh, but here's the phrase that he said. He said, provide all they need. And God's done that. And so anyway, um, and so if you want, sorry, I haven't even opened this yet. We've got a long way to go. Uh, this could go all day. So uh, Renata and I just wrote a letter to you here at the beginning, and that's on page three. And then we just put a little timeline in there that shows you some of the ways that we've seen God work uh, spiritually in the way that um, we've just kind of continued to grow uh, over these last seven years. And then the thing that I really want to point your attention to is three different spaces. Um, the parts of the building that we're going to renovate first. We're not renovating the whole building. Um, we are renovating the spaces that are essential for us to be able to do church on a Sunday. And so uh, it's not all of the space. It's just some of the space. The first one is the, the, the worship space. And so this is the space where we're believing that we'll gather together and Jacob Ray will kick up his leg and Katie will jump up and down and we'll say, I have lived in the... So anyway, well, that's the worship space. Um, and we're believing uh, for people to be saved in that space. We're believing for people to encounter God in that space. Um, and we're asking the Lord to work powerfully. That's the first space. The second space is, um, we're calling it community space. You can turn the page over to page uh, eight and nine. And this is the space... Uh, uh, for, the, for the, the entrance area and where people will hang out. And so this will uh, be a coffee space. It'll be just like this space right out here. Um, uh, but this is in, in, in much need in the building that we're in, everybody. And so try not to laugh. That's an amen right there. And so um, it, it, the, the good news is that this has got a lot of square footage. And, and it needs some renovation, friends. Okay, and so, um, so, we're, we're, so that's the second space that we're believing God for. And then this, this third space is Radiant Kids. And so we'll take uh, two gymnasiums and turn it into the main auditorium uh, or the worship space. And then we'll take two gymnasiums and turn that into our kids' space. And if you know Renata, then uh, you know that, um, that this is the dream in our hearts, is that we would have an incredible world-class kids space. And we do have faith. This is not an essential, but we, we are asking God for, to provide the funds for a, a slide that, that in our, that's, that's just kind of, it's not essential, but it just feels great to have a church with a slide for kids. So anyway, there's this space where, uh, 
So, you know, it was, it, was, it was built originally for a hockey arena. So there's this space that was basically kind of the, the upper level. Um, and, and, and so Renata and I have this dream where, but we turn it into the prayer chapel where you can go from the prayer chapel upstairs and slide down into the kids' space. So this is our vision together, that people come to the prayer meeting and that the prayer meeting is alive and kids are just sliding down and it's just, it's fun and prayer together every Wednesday night. So anyway, that's what, that's what we're asking God for. Okay, that's silly. All right, um, but then, uh, then this is, if you wanna keep going for all of you that are, um, wanna stare at some of the details here, we've given you um, these architecture plans so that you can look at it. And so this is the space, um, worship space, kids space, and this is the lobby. And so, uh, and then uh, we've, I've got a letter in there from the trustees. Um, and so, as you know, uh, I mentioned this last week when one of our overseers, Pastor Aaron Stern, was here, uh, uh, that we have two different um, governing boards. Um, we have a, a local trustee board, and then we have an oversight board. And so our trustees uh, that oversee the, the finances here at our church, uh, and we've got a letter from them with their names written here. Because if you'll go to the next page, we as, uh, as a team began to pray about what the Lord um, would invite us, ask us uh, to do, and to step out in faith for. And so um, we're believing God that over the next 24 months, the Lord will provide $1.3 million. Um, and, and that in that, uh, we'll be able to get a renovation loan and be able to... Uh, and be able to renovate this space. And so um, that would enable us to do that. Um, and so that would be the, the cash need, um, 1.3 million. And then we'll be able to take out um, an additional loan um, from our bank, which is CDF Capital, believing God um, that we can renovate this space. And so what I've, uh, I'm gonna have the trustees come up at the end of the service and pray. Um, and then we'll also have um, the trustees right out here um, in, in the lobby um, that little room right there where we have some renderings. And I'd love for you to get to know them. I'd love for you to ask some questions if you want to. Uh, and and, and we're, we're gonna take these next um, 24 months uh, and believe God for these dollars, just like we did in 2021 and God provided. Uh, but in addition to that, I'd like to take um, this next season leading up to December 17th as a season of really seeking God together. And asking God what he might invite you uh, to do uh, to be a part of this journey. And, and our dream is, is that um, this would be an increased season of prayer, an increased season of serving. We're going to have some Saturday serves that Nick and the team um, will, so that people can serve. Um, many of you have already been praying and parked your car and prayed. Um, and, uh, and just unashamedly want to invite you to ask the Lord if you could uh, sacrificially uh, invest and give uh, so that we could see this building come to be. And so here's what this is gonna look like. I thought about inviting you to fast this week, Thanksgiving week, just because we wanna be hardcore church. Um, but I have a wife that doesn't like that. See, I like that. And so when I was a youth pastor, I wanted to call our, our summer program 40 Days of Death on a Mountainside. And because um, I read the verse, I die daily. I mean that, my brothers. And I thought, Renata, what if we did 40 Days of Death on a Mountainside? And she said, just doesn't sound life-giving, David. So anyway, um, so we're not going to fast over Thanksgiving, but, um, but I, I will invite us starting next week to go on a 21-day prayer journey, journey um, and, and I'm going to invite you to forego something over those 21 days um, in this season of prayer, 
And uh, we'll begin that next week. And then on the 17th uh, will be our, our, our building radiant offering where we'll invite you to two things. One, to sacrificially give on that day for those of you that desire to or want to or feel called by God to. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take pledges again, just like we did last time. And we'll ask God to provide over the next 24 months. And then one day we will stand in that space and say, mm, God, he did it again. Amen? Does that sound okay? All right, let's just pray together and then um, we'll dive into the word. Father, we do love you so much. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that it's you that's building your church and you've been building your church for a couple thousand years now. And God, we're just a handful of people in Kansas City that get the privilege of doing life together. And we desire to see, Lord, those that are broken and hurting rescued. God, we desire to see the lonely in families. God, we desire to see the prodigals come home. God, we desire to see the um, undiscipled, those that have prayed a prayer, but are, 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 their, their lives have not been transformed to discipled and, and, and knowing Christ. God, we desire for people to be filled with supernatural power, the power of God at work. God, we desire, Lord, that you would help us to be radiant. Lord, to lay our lives down for the sake of people, to, to carry the burden that's on your heart in our generation to our city. We love you, we honor you, and we pray that you would continue your work here in Jesus' name. And Radiant Church said, amen. amen. All right, we're gonna begin a four-week series here on um, Nehemiah. And so if you've got your Bibles, let's go Nehemiah chapter one. I'm gonna read a lot of Bible today. Um, Nehemiah chapter one, and uh, let's just go for it. It reads like this. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hekeliah, uh, in, the, in, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them. Say questioned. And I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. And they said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. So here's the city. So you've got to imagine Nehemiah. He's in exile, uh, born in exile, uh, was not born in Jerusalem, but now has this heart, wants to hear more because he asked the question. And he hears this, that the, the, the wall is broken down and the gates have been burned. Verse four, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Just let that sink in. For some days, so for, that's a long time. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. And for some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps in this incredible prayer, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keeps his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayers your servant is praying before you, before uh, you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave to your servant Moses. Remember your instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, and even if, you, if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. 
I just love the way he's just talking about who God is. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was cupbearer to the king. So very last phrase in that chapter, he tells who he is. Keep going. In the month of Nisan in the 20th year of King hmm, Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king said to me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it that you want? And then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king. If it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judea, in Judah, where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. So it's a beautiful story here where you've got Nehemiah uh, and he's the cupbearer to the king. So it's this government official in a place of privilege. He's living in exile. And though outwardly, externally, he's got this role that he plays for the king, there's an interior burden that I wanna highlight today. So externally, there's a role to play, but there's a burden that builds in his heart. And I wanna talk about the way that this burden builds. I wanna talk about uh, what we see here in chapter one, where it kind of organically grows and it starts. And, and what I wanna aim at is I wanna ask God today that God would give us his burdens. So the burdens that are on God's heart that he desires for us to carry and he, he desires for us to do would be in our hearts. So the burden is not for a building. The burden is to carry out what God's called us to do. But God, we ask that he would provide the vehicle, the means, the building to accomplish the vision. And the burdens that God wants to do are not just in the hearts of David and Renata or the trustees. It's in your hearts. We have a vision. Every member, a minister, oh God, would you give us burdens so that the people of Radiant Church are doing small groups where we care about uh, making disciples or where we care about outreach small groups so we're making a difference for the hurting or the broken or the poor or the isolated or the lonely. Oh, oh God, would, would you give us a space so the burdens in the family of God, the burdens within Radiant have a place and I was thinking about um, this burden. And you, you could kind of see, I see the way that it progresses. I see right here, uh, I'm just gonna give it four steps. Um, you've, got, you, you've got questions being asked by Nehemiah. So he says to the brothers, tell me what's going on. Many of us will, will, will never get to the burden that God has for us, the actual thing that God wants us to do because we don't take the time to hear, to ask questions. We've got, our, we've got our scrolling and our algorithms and we've got so much going on in our own life and our burden is for ourselves. Burden is for what, what my comfort, my house, and my trips, and my car, and my life. And, it's, and, and, and there's just not stopping in the narrative of our life to ask questions. And here's Nehemiah asking questions 
about what's going on back in Jerusalem. Let me hear the questions about the remnant of believers back in Jerusalem. I wanna hear about my people. And he's asking questions. Some of our destinies are defined when we just stop to ask questions, when we stop to care. What's the nature? What's going on? What, 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 what's the story? And, and, and you, you could step into future burdens from God by just stopping to take time to ask questions. And then I just wanna look at the next phase. I see him not just asking questions. It goes questions, and then it goes tears. It says he wept. You, you, you'll never get to the place of weeping if you don't stop and just ask what's the story, what's going on. And then this is foreign to our culture. This is anti-American right here. Because to allow the burden, the pain of others to actually take up residence in your heart, we are in a culture where we're trained to think about ourselves and our comfort and our finance and our lives. And here's Nehemiah. And he actually goes from not just asking questions, but to a place of tears. And then, of course, this beautiful prayer that this is a famous prayer. I actually learned this prayer singing it. We confess sins of our nation. But this Nehemiah 1 prayer, it's a famous prayer of confession, of repentance. God, we need you. So it starts with just slowing down to ask the question. It moves to a place of anguish of God. Put what's in your heart for others and what you want into me. And then it goes to this place of prayer. And then in Nehemiah 2, that's where you get where he actually faces the king. And it goes to a burden where he says, let me go to the city. Let me go rebuild. And it goes to action. It goes to a burden. It, it, it starts with a question, moves to some, some real tears, putting yourself in another person's position. Ah, the remnant of believers back in Jerusalem, the gates are burned. The wall is broken. God in prayer, crying out, God. It's that place of prayer where you get God's heart. And then out of that flows into action where you actually rearrange the way that you live. So I just wanna highlight those because I want us to, 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 to imagine ourselves, like run movies in our mind of what it would look like for you to carry a burden. Now, all of us, only God can carry all the burdens. You can't carry the burdens of the planet. God is omniscient. God is omnipotent. God has the capacity. But you can carry a little burden and be a little radiant light by carrying something other than just self-preservation, self-fun, and a little bit, of, little bit of enjoying the good life before I die. You, 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 can, you can start to say, God, what is the burden that you invite me to have? What's the thing that I could do? I believe that there are, right now, one of the great things about church planting is that there's people that think of themselves as kind of normal, lukewarm, average Joe people. And then you start a new church and there's leaders that are needed. I mean, when there's a new church, all of a sudden you need new small group leaders, you need new trustees, you need new prayer leaders, you need new intercessors, you need new people to disciple children, you need new people to disciple a youth group. And what God does is through the mechanism of church planting, whenever we plant new churches, that's a way where there's a new core of people that start to erupt. And so I believe that today there's people that are sitting right here. There's probably men in, this, in seats today that the way that you think of yourself is apathetic, a little lukewarm, 
but hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to warm a seat on a Sunday. But God will work inside of you that five years from now, in that building that we'll be in, you will be ablaze with a burden. There, there's, there's people right now, you wouldn't, even, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't put yourself in the category like a Will Riddle who jumps up and down up here and seems to be just crazy ablaze nuts for God. You'd be like, that's a little bit too extreme for me. I'm not sure I'm there, right? Sorry, Will, picking on you. But I believe that there's, there's some of you right now that, that God will put something inside your heart and over the years to come and maybe even the months to come, that God starts to put a burden inside of your heart and it starts with, let me just, let me just be informed. And, and, and we know, I mean, we live in the information age. We know how to get information, but also it also works the other way where we need to, we, we know how to get only the information that we want, only the algorithm that gives me what I want. But don't let me see the pain of the poor, the broken, the undiscipled, the unevangelized. But imagine what God might do if just God takes what's, kind of right now, a little bit apathetic, a little bit lukewarm. And you start to ask some questions and you start to weep. You start to get just a little hint. What God, what do you want to do? And then that prayer moves into action and you put feet to your prayers. And all of a sudden, man, there's, there's a burden that I can't deny. There's a burden that I just can't shake. That's what I'm dreaming about. And I've seen it before in this church. I, 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 you've seen it. You've seen people that, that they carry a burden and, and, and they live their life different because they've got a burden. I love uh, Chris Ward. He's one of my buds and we are in a small group together because our, our sons are both about, about the same age and buds. And when I'm with him, here's what Chris Ward talks about. He loves to talk about those who need housing, those who are in pay-by-the-week hotels and they need a great house. And so he gives sacrificially. He made the connection for us with River of Refuge where we've been doing Serve Day, our outreach for Christmas, our Christmas outreach this year. He connected those dots he, he con because he took me around in his car. We drove around the city and he started talking about people who don't have a house. You wanna know why? Because when he was in junior high, he didn't have a house and he lived in South Seattle and he didn't have a place. And so he moved over and over and over and over again. And he left home when he was a freshman in high school. And so now in the narrative of his life, Man, there's, there's 10,000 different things going on in the world and different needs in, in, in America and in our city, but there's one burden that you start to feel from Chris and the way that he does his finance, his time, his prayer, his family. It's connected to helping some people get housing. So here's what I'm saying. In the narrative of your life, in your story, there will be something that if you'll stop and ask questions and God will start to open a door and you'll start to say, this is the burden that this is that God's putting in my heart and I'm willing to carry a burden. I'm willing to let it impact me or change me. I had coffee this week with a man named Daniel and he just erupts with prayer for the city. I mean, it's his favorite subject. Why? God's done something in his heart. What he wants to talk about is we need more prayer for Kansas City. If, we, if, if there's more people laboring in prayer will see God at work. And we know that every prayer matters. And so it was about prayer. We had Kayla up here last week and Kayla's got a burden. She starts talking about her kids. Here she is. She's, uh, I mean, she's a professional. She's got a lot on her plate, but she, I mean, as a volunteer gives hours to the church because she wants to help your kids, my kids. And, and she's it's a burden that she carries. So I love A.W. Tozer. He's one of my heroes. And he says, uh, my fire might not be big, but is, is nonetheless real. And there might be some who can light, get ignited 
next to its flame. And so I'm not saying that, that it's, you've got all the categories, that you're carrying every burden, but if each one of us, like living stones, carry one burden, this is my lane, this is the burden, then God says, okay, Will, you got a, you got a, you got a burden for people to hear the voice of God? Jamie, you got a, a burden for people to know the word of God? Renata, you got a burden for young children to know God from the days of their youth? Hal, you got a burden for people to know and follow Jesus and be discipled? Dawson, you got a burden for teenagers? Here's what, God takes all of, all of us saying, I will narrow my life and carry out the burden that God's got for me. And we'll see a radiant church. We'll see God at work. We'll, we'll see God take lukewarm people and turn them into passionate, burden-carrying, God-seeking, and we'll see a move of God. So let's just take these. One, he asks these questions. He says this, I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had, sur- that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. You just start out to ask questions. I would just invite you to ask the question, what are you curious about? Maybe it's connected to your story. Maybe it's connected to um, a category. Maybe you don't know why, but there's, there's, maybe it's connected to our nation. Maybe it's connected to our city. Maybe it's connected to, um, to, to children or teens or prayer. I, but, but, but if you could start to identify and start to say, I don't know why, but man, this, this subject, this is, the, and then just ask questions. So take a step, research it, meet with people. What's your action step? Okay, I, 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 God, all right, I, I'm aware. This, this is what I, I'm gonna start to ask questions in this area. I'm gonna become informed in this area. Just like Nehemiah, tell me more. Tell me what's going on in Jerusalem. And then from questions to tears, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. What we weep about is an indicator of what we care about. So many of us say, I don't weep, okay? I wanna invite you, and I'm not necessarily talking about external tears. I just wanna talk about an internal anguish, an internal desperation, an internal desire, might be a better word. But sometimes it's external tears. Oftentimes, the, the, the level of what we carry, it's very easy to live apathetic. But I wanna invite, I, in fact, I had this happen to me as a, as a youth pastor. I was, uh, I, we had a room full of teenagers and this guy, I started a little project with him and we were going to uh, work on building orphan homes in Africa together. And, uh, and, and he, and he was, uh, actually he was about my age now, but I, I mean, I thought he was like this older guy, but he's about how old now, but anyway, and, uh, he, he came in and, and, and I told him he could have three minutes, which is uh, I'm confessing my sin here. I said, you can have three minutes, all right? And, be- and that was between worship and the sermon, and you can have three minutes, and um, I'll stand up there. You can make your presentation, and then we'll be done. And so we're standing up there, and, uh, and he's an intercessor for these orphans in Africa. He's given his own financial funds to make a difference in Africa. And he's up there. His name is Kirby. And I'm standing next to Kirby. He's got uh, a beard, white hair. I'm standing next to him. I'm like, you know, youth pastor guy. And he just keeps like crying. And he's like, he can't talk. And he's just weeping. And I remember the moment where I was like, kind of bugged. Like, I was like, all right, bro, like, let's go. Let's get this, sh- let's get this show on the road. Like, finish this up. Let's get those tears done. And uh, I just need you to make this presentation. Cause... And he just kept weeping and weeping. And, and honestly, I, as I, as I, the more I started to get irritated in my heart, I honestly sensed like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He cares like you don't care. 
And I realized he has prayed. He has spent his dollars to get on 747s to go and serve. He has made a difference in a way that that I had not. And because he cared like I didn't care, he had tears and I had dry eyes and was a little bit bugged. So you tend to have tears about what you care about. When you spend time praying and asking questions, sit in it. That's kind of an interesting phrase. He sat and he wept. Even before we get to that famous prayer in Nehemiah 1, he sat, he wept. William Booth, founder of the Salvation Army, famous story where two of uh, his workers said, we want to, we want to leave the work. It, we're, it's not, we've tried everything and it's not working. And we don't want to continue to serve the poor anymore here. We've tried it all. And William Booth sent a telegraph back where he said, try tears. And it's a famous story because he was saying, try weeping over the people that you're serving. And it'll give you the fuel to endure longer. Try tears. So that's why it's one of our dreams that we would have a Wednesday night prayer meeting and there would be tears. Oh God, for our city. Oh God, for our children. Oh God, be at work. God, we need you. I had a moment recently, uh, and, and I'm saying you can't have tears. I don't think you can have tears for every problem in the world, but I want to invite you to have a burden. I want to invite you, what is the spiritual burden that God put inside of your heart that you're willing to weep for, that you're willing to pray for, that you're then willing to act on? I was t- talking on the phone on our couch uh, to a family and just got unloaded on their situation, family in our church. And I listened, 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 and listened, and then just was like taking it all in, prayed for the family on the phone, uh, pressed end on my iPhone like this. And then all of a sudden, I, I, this is not an exaggeration, I just fell over onto Renata's lap and just wept. It was like the spirit of God came on me. I don't know how to explain it. I know some of you are like, okay, this church is weird. All right, He's just, he just said that. I don't know how to explain it. I just, I, I literally just, huh, it was like, and I just, I mean, sorry. I just wept for this family. I just, I couldn't believe what I was hearing, the level of pain. I can't carry that for every family, but I've been carrying it for that family. And what I found is that that family's made it into my prayers. And what I found is that that family has made it into my finances. Sorry. So sometimes you just put yourself in the position to get informed. Let me learn a little bit more and God will break your heart. And it's not you. It's not your goodness. It's your God who is using his little tiny, tiny little radiant lights to be a bright light in the world. And you just say, I will carry that burden. God, I can't carry the burden for a hundred families, but I can carry it for one. I can pray for one. I can give money to one. And I just want to invite you, ask God, what would it look like for me to ask the questions, God? Just like Nehemiah. And then sit and weep. A.B. Simpson, he's the uh, famous founder of the Missionary Alliance denomination. And it's said that in his time alone with Jesus, he would just hold a globe and weep, pray over the nations. And that denomination, 
I, I uh, spoke at one of their events one time and, and they told me the story that they, he said this, this is what the guy said to me. He said, David, the denomination was birthed with A.B. Simpson's tears. Who knows what God will birth through a man or woman holds the globe, takes out the map of Kansas City, takes even this little architecture drawing and says, oh God, oh God, be at work. Oh God, I wanna invite you to try tears. You say, David, I don't have tears. Ask questions. What's going on in the hearts of children in Kansas City? I was, I, I was hearing stories this week about the trafficking problem in Kansas, in Kansas City. I just, the needs are unreal. So it is possible that the dream of comfort could fade and the joy of even, I mean, when I think about Nehemiah, here he is. I mean, I'm the cupbearer to the king. This is a, this is an, this is a position of power. You do life with the king. You eat what the king eats. You, you, you drink the wine for the, for the king. You're, you're living a, you've got a pretty nice life going on. And there's some kind of burden that gets formed where I'm going to voluntarily forego. I made it, I'm doing pretty well in exile. And I'm going to go back to the homeland and I'm going to care enough. The wall is broken down. Gates have been burned. And I care. Psalm 126, those who sow in tears will reap in joy. There's there's actually on the other side of those tears, greater joy than the short-term pleasures of the planet. That's what it says in Hebrews, that, that they don't last, the fleeting pleasures of the planet. And then he gives this epic prayer that I won't read again. But the questions lead to tears. The tears lead to, I can't do it. I need God. God, only you. We need, if, if we've got God, we've got everything. Without God, we can't do it. When I lived uh, in Colorado Springs, our senior pastor used to send out emails of the obituaries and he would invite us to, to take a moment and be somber about that every single day, uh, people are dying and heaven and hell are realities. And it's our role to pray, to serve, to give, to love. And what he was doing is getting in front of our eyes the, the reality of eternity so that we wouldn't get our eyes on all the temporary pleasures of just more Chipotle and trying to get a better interest rate on our mortgage. You know, like just get, those aren't, Chipotle's amazing. Uh, those things are fine, but a better, like this is what we're living for. When I was a youth pastor, I used to, um, I know most youth pastors, <laughs> well, I, I would, I would invite kids not to bring just their Bibles, but I would invite them to bring their yearbooks. And so we'd have a moment where we'd read the Bible and then I'd say, now we're gonna weep over these yearbooks. And, and, what, and I would say, what, where I want you to get is to where when you look at those kids that are your classmates, you get to where there's tears, where you care about their eternal destiny, where it actually matters to you you believe heaven and hell are realities and you believe that God is at work and you believe that God's called you to be an ambassador and God's gonna use you to make a difference in their lives. So the answer then comes just like it was for Nehemiah. Send me, I'll return. Let's go rebuild. Let's go do this stuff. Let's go change 
what I do. I could live in the palace, cupbearer to the king. What's up? Eat what you eat. He could have mailed it in. Done. Whew. Not everybody prospered in exile, but I did. But instead, Nehemiah asked the questions. What's going on back in Jerusalem? Questions. Okay. Sit in the tears and weep of the reality of the brokenness. The walls are broken down. Any kind of thieves, invaders could get in. The gates are burned. No, that was this ache for the homeland. God, God, we're your covenant people. God, you said, now, have you ever noticed that intercessors are really blunt with God? You, we're your people and you said, and oh God, you, and we need you and you're, and then it, okay, the questions, the tears, and then those prayers, God, we need you. We have so much money and we have so much information and we have so so much recreation and so much entertainment that this is often dead in the local churches of America. But in the places when you travel around the world where they have nothing, the prayer meeting is the Cinderella of the church. Oh God, we need you. 2003, we had a missionary come to our church and he said, the problem with the American church is they know how to do church without God. They're not desperate. So I started a ministry called Desperation. God, make us desperate. God, we want to get to where we, we recognize, God, we need you. We need God at work. And so I want to invite us to just come before God and just say, God, will you take these burdens? And I'm asking God for a thousand burdens in our church. That's my dream. Hugh Jackman sings about a million dreams. I'm gonna pray about a thousand burdens. Give us a thousand burdens, God. Give us a thousand burdens in this house. So it's all little lights, just, 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 just a little, but it's God, it's God given where we stop. Tell me what's going on. Listen long enough to weep. I sat and I wept and then I realized, oh, this is, I can't do anything but God. And I prayed. And then chapter two, verse five. And so I went, let's go rebuild. When Renata and I um, were praying about planting a church, we had heard stories about people that gave big supernatural experiences where God called them. And I wanted a story like that. I wanted a story that sounded epic. I, and I felt like I needed it because it was, you know, such a, a sub of faith. And Renata and I were listening to a missionary from China speak on the front row. And the missionary said, if deep inside your heart, there is a burden that you just can't shake, that's probably the Lord. And Renata turned and looked at me. I looked at her. And as we drove home, we said, we're gonna go. And I remember seated with Renata, working on our story. We were seated on an airplane and I said, Renata, I don't, I don't know that I can like do all this based upon like a burden. I need God to like take me to heaven for something like this. I need like the audible voice. And I remember her assurance, a burden is what we have. 
That's it. It's just a burden that you just can't shake. And I want to just dignify that. You might not have all these big stories of people that give all these wild experiences. I'm okay with big experiences. It's fine. But I just want to give value to that little tiny burden in your heart that you just can't shake. And I'm just asking God to take that burden that was in our heart and just God, let it multiply. And Lord, just raise up burdens in this house. Will you stand with me? I want to pray for a burden. In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand. Um, but would you take a moment, just stretch out your hands like this. Father, I ask Lord God for burdens. God, just kingdom burdens that normal people that start to care about making disciples, normal people that start to care about evangelism, normal people, which is us, we just care about our little dollars suddenly going more towards people instead of other things. Holy Spirit, I pray that today there'll be a little seed. And I pray, I, I ask for, for men that carry a burden that teenagers would know God. I pray for increased burden in men and women to cry out to God in prayer. Increase the burden to see a city know God. Increase the burden that we would help hurting families that have no home. God, left to our own decisions, we will probably just live apathetic for ourselves. But God, if you'll break in, if you'll, if you'll give us a burden that we just can't shake. And I do ask for the gift of tears, just like the Puritans prayed for in this house. I pray that even over this next month, I pray, Lord God, that, that even as we seek you and we go on, on December 3rd, we literally have service in our new building. As people pray, I pray that the burdens that are in your heart, this is the church you did. This is the church you gave. This is the church you created. Use us, God. We need you. If today you would just say, I feel like there is a... a a, a, a desire for a growing burden in my heart. I'm not gonna make you do anything, but you just, I wanna pray for those, a, a burden. You could just feel a little burden forming. Will you just raise your hand? Just raise it. Father, I pray for these burdens. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for men and women stepping into action. I pray for the gift of tears. Pray for prayers. In Jesus' name, you can put your hands down. Today, if you're in the room and you would like to say, I've been living my own story for me, but I want to respond to the good news of the gospel, which is this. There is a God who loves you. He gave his one and only son to die on a cross that you might know God, that you might be in relationship with him. That he'll save you. He'll change you. He'll give you a future hope. 
and you'll be with him forever. He sent his son and Jesus, he went to a cross and he died in your place for your sin that you might have eternal life. That's what he did. Here's what he invites you to do. Surrender. Give your life to him. Give him everything. If you'd like to give Jesus everything today, I wanna start a relationship with Jesus. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. But I would like you to take a step of faith right now and just raise your hand and say, I want, I want that. I wanna follow Jesus. Give him my life. Right. Pray this prayer with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender. Save me. Do a fresh work in me. I give you everything. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, if you made that decision to follow Jesus, I invite you. Would you tell somebody at the end of this service up here in the prayer line or let us know in that connection card? We'd love to pray with you. Hey, uh, and we'd like to help you go on the journey. Our offering today, I've invited our trustees to come up and pray for a new building. Will you give our trustees a hand as they come? We've got a couple of them here. Thank you, Father. Lord Jesus, we just thank you right now. Lord, we thank you that you give us each a burden. And Father, we thank you so much that you've given Pastor David and Renata a burden for this city. Lord, a burden that you would have a people, Lord, that would be a radiant people, Lord Jesus, and that this church would be a church that you said you'd build your house and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Lord Jesus, we're asking you for this offering, Lord, that we bring our little peace. Lord, the widow brought a mite. Lord, the rich man brought much. But Lord Jesus, what you brought was the glory that filled the house. And so, Lord God, we're asking that your glory would fill this house in each of us, so that each of us would become a little radiant light to this city in Jesus' name. Father, we just are so excited that we get to be on this journey with you. We thank you, Lord, for Radiant Church, Lord, for what you're going to do in Radiant, through Radiant, Lord, in our city. We just, uh, we know, God, that you've called us, and we just want to join with you, and we just are so grateful for the opportunity. God, lead us, uh, be with us, God, as we as we go down this road, and we're so thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <clears throat>